can't remember what uh, Amazing Phil's intro to the internet was, but whatever that was, just to compliment <laughs> the reference circuit that we made. Ooh. Um, and now for the episode description. Uh, the nerds may not have been on this earth for a long time, but the community they both belong to sure has the queer community! This week, the nerds share their favorite figures, anecdotes, and general trivia from a group of people often misunderstood as a product of modern pop culture. We're here, we're queer, and neither of these things are new developments. Care <laughs> has one dude in all of human history she'd consider marrying, Eli has gone so far down this rabbit hole they practically live there, and both are total nerds. And now Ooh. let's try this. A three, three two, two, one. one. Hey, nerd. hey, nerd. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll see how we did. We'll see how we did. We'll see how we did. Um. Uh, yeah, this is Hey, Nerd. This is a podcast where we just kind of talk about things we're into at various points. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Caroline or Care, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Eli, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And, yeah, we're just kind of chilling out. Uh, this is now, this podcast season has turned into a game of will we ever record on the day we expect to and at the time we expect to do it? And the answer thus far, no. no. I don't think we've done, I don't think we've managed a Thursday slot quite, mm. quite yet. A Not, Thursday night slot. Yeah, it's been, it's been a time. This has just been an especially bad week for the podcast, because, uh, as you may have noticed, whoa, we, you missed a week. What, what happened with that? Um... So my computer decided that Audacity just doesn't have rights, uh, and especially doesn't have rights to work on my computer. Mm. And so <laughs> there's just a solid week where I would get on Audacity, I would try to put files in, and Audacity would be like, mm-hmm, fuck you. No, I'm not going to do that today. So I was, I, the podcast was late. I apologize. The internet, not the internet, my computer has decided that I, I couldn't edit the podcast for a week. So. You know, it's how it goes sometimes. It's how it goes sometimes, but we're gonna get right back on track with this yes. one. Um, it's all gonna be good. It's all gonna be fine. We're all gonna. It's mm-hmm. all gonna be okay in the end. Um, hopefully, y'all can survive a week without the podcast. Um, well, hopefully, y'all survived I, because <laughs> this will be. Good. Hopefully, y'all survive. Period. I mean, that is also good. We do. Mm-hmm. We do like to keep the mortality rate for our. Uh, for our listenership, relatively mm-hmm. low is good, right? Low means yeah. less. <laughs> low mortality rate means less people dying. Yeah, because uh, it's more people. Yeah, because high mortality rate would be more people are like really kind of just confirming that they're mortal. Um, I mm-hmm. guess is the logic behind that phrase. That's the only <laughs> way that makes sense to me. I don't because <laughs> mortality rate generally could mean anything. Because mm-hmm. we're all that, presumably. Well, you know, I think I think it is what you're saying. It's the confirming the mortality. <laughs> Before you die, you have Schrodinger's mortality, right? Like, maybe you're immortal, maybe you're not. You don't know until you try. Um, don't try. Don't. I, as don't someone try. Who tips I mean, fate, don't try it. Yeah. It's a pretty good... It's kind of like when people are like, oh, but that scientific theory is only a theory. You're like, yeah, it's a theory, but it's called that because it's been proven also. Yeah. It's <laughs> not so really... We've tested it. There's a, there's a limit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think the only person we can really prove has been around for a long time is Keanu Reeves. So let's hope yeah. he keeps kicking around. Um, do you have any weekly anecdotes for this week? Um, 
not i mean so today um this is not a weekly i know this is a daily anecdote but i met oh. ellis's cat today and that was kind of the highlight of my whole day oh is yeah because piper and i had to go over to drop something off and when we were there when we were standing in the front door kind of talking to ellis briefly piper was like show me your cat because ellis's cat used to belong to piper um so i met maru maru is a very large cat and i love him um mm-hmm. he is a good bean oh good yeah, there's also a thing that happened that I made you hate me in D&D, which, <laughs> which was yeah. a thing that happened. For eagle-eared listeners of the podcast, you may remember that I ominously alluded to some. I did a little bit of mm-hmm. foreshadowing of like, oh, Eli's not gonna like me in a couple weeks, and then the reason happened. Mm-hmm. Um, T- yeah. To clarify, I do still like Caroline, it's just also, I had to listen to Caroline do a French accent, and as we've explained on this podcast... I have a thing with the French language that, like, does not beget getting into, um, but yeah, it was very funny. Um, I have decided that maybe something that I might do is I'm just gonna start randomly speaking French to spite Caroline, because I said <laughs> I did shitty French today on a call, yeah. and Caroline was like, I hated that, and I said, good. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's, like, the French specifically, or just because I know that you hate French, and so there's such a cognitive dissonance (laughs) happening of, like, seeing you speak a language I know for sure that you hate. (laughs) It's so weird. Um, Because I'm like, oh, right, you have experience with that thing. Um, But yeah, no, for context, so in Dungeons & Dragons, well, the party's been through some dungeons, so I gave him a dragon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't give them a dragon, you don't own... Venom Fang. No, you gave yeah. us you you put us up against a dragon. In fact, yeah. And then I was like, hmm, not like other dragons though. This one, this one's <laughs> sneaky. Um, and what what I had been plotting for I think months now at this point was just we've mentioned that like linguistically I like doing things with like just picking the furthest accent from what people expect for my Mm -hmm. various fantasy creatures and races and whatnot. So I was like, what was the last thing you would expect a dragon to sound like? And I was like, ah, French. Uh, so I did a very bad French accent as this dragon for upwards of an hour, I think, Mm -hmm. which is uh, God longer than I've maintained any (laughs) other accent for this campaign. It was a long time to be doing that for, and it's been mm-hmm. several weeks now, and I gotta remember what that sounds like for next time, and ooh man. Oh man, yeah, no, it was, it was also very funny because clearly that accent was meant to be, like, a short joke, and then we were supposed to fight the dragon, but instead the group was like, mm, but what if we just talk to the dragon for, like, a really long time? Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, you oh. know... Among the other things that happened, one of my favorite moments from this episode, from this, not episode, I've watched too many d shows, but from this session, um, was <laughs> when we asked the question, can lesser restoration cure depression? I was just like, fucking, because they, here's what happened, is I was like, oh, it's a green dragon, so, you know, these are a bunch of loner people who don't let people get close to them, so surely they're not gonna fucking befriend the- <laughs> And anyway, so they ended up trying to cure this motherfucker's depression. Y'all used the word depression, first of all. Y'all said the word depression. I did not say shit about that. I was like, ah, internal wound, emotional wound. And y'all y'all motherfuckers were like, yes, depression. This man has low serotonin and we're going to fix it with a lesser restoration. And I was like, you're going to use your finite magic for the day on a mother. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. That's fun. 
And then, yeah, Matt's funny arcana check was rolled, and I was like, oh, no, I'm gonna have to burst this bubble later, I'm sorry. Um, I so, still yeah. I still believe that, like, that means that, in fact, a lesser restoration can cure depression, just in here's, canon. Here's what happened, Eli. Here's what happened in, the, in uh-huh. this exact moment. I was very fucking careful about this. <laughs> um, y'all cast magic without explaining what you were doing to the dragon. Dragon felt magic wash over him. Dragon asked y'all what y'all had done, you explained it, and then he said he felt better. You can't cure someone of depression if they're not depressed. Um, if you want to try again, I'll let you do it. But, like... Well, I feel like the next, the obvious next step is we try and cast it on Lynn and see what... (laughs) (laughs) Try and cast it on your character. That's a decision you can make, I think. If you want to put, I think antidepressants at that point will be less expensive. Um, just Maybe some health insurance. Yeah, Lynn uh, <laughs> needs to like join a union or something. Um. <laughs> join an adventurers union and get some fucking health insurance. Yeah. Oh God. I yeah. think. Boy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you did. And as much as you're like, oh, these loner people aren't gonna befriend the dragon. I think you underestimated the fact that one of the party members is a druid. Mm-hmm. Another party member has been attempting to befriend every four-legged creature that we've met, period. Mm-hmm. Including the rabid wolves that were actively trying to eat us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Lynn is just kind of there and is unaware of what social interaction is supposed to be like. So you put those three people together with a <laughs> clearly non-human conscious entity. What other mm-hmm. route did you truly expect us to take? I mean, I figured that, like, you wouldn't immediately try to fight him, but I also did not anticipate just how much y'all would just cotton on to this dude who was shit-talking the other druid you'd met earlier constantly, and I was like, huh, they're strangely unworried about- okay, cool, curing depression, great, and we're teaching the dragon how to read. Cool. Also Uh great. (laughs) To be fair, the teaching the dragon how to read was kind of my idea, because again, the dragon was like, I'm getting closer, and I was like, this is the fairy tale part where you- oh no. Oh no. Oh, this is gonna work way better than I thought it would. <laughs> Didn't even have to make a grapple check to kidnap one of the party members. Mm-hmm. And they just, I just asked, and they let me. <laughs> yes. It was so funny. It was so funny. It's it's also, like, you know, I mean, I after the session ended, and I was just, like, thinking about Lynn as a person, I was like, hmm. So Lynn would have some opinions on what's going on. So <laughs> there's, like, I, you know, the, the scheming bastard part of my brain has plans. I have I have mm. some ideas. Uh I will say that uh one of the other party members has texted me and I know that they are also a scheming bastard with plans that I'm highly amused by. So we're going to see how next session goes. I'm excited for this Sunday to unfold. Mm. Um but my weekly anecdote is not a D&D related anecdote. That was kind of the bonus joint weekly anecdote. Um because my weekly anecdote It's kind of a two-weekly anecdote, technically, which makes sense, given our recording schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's that I did the gay thing where... (laughs) (laughs) I did the gay... No, just cut it there. End it. (laughs) And just end the sentence. Uh, I did the gay thing where Mm -hmm. I hear... Well, first of all, because the CW did the supernatural thing and, like, did the homophobic Mm -hmm. gay love confession, which is, like, honestly, some mental gymnastics... I did not expect it to be possible. That was truly a mm-hmm. gold medalist in an event I did not know existed. Um, and I was like, hmm, well, otherwise the CW is pretty good about putting queer characters in their stuff. Uh, and so I just remembered that, like, there was a gritty Nancy Drew reboot uh, that I kind of put down after one episode because the first scene we get of Nancy is her 
having sex. And not like typical CW sex scene where it's very drawn out and like there's edgy music playing over it. It's straight up just her having a cookie with her boyfriend like in a garage straight up. <laughs> it's very casual. Like they don't even, yeah, there was no build up to it. Just smash cut to that. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, never mind. Uh, but I was like, hmm. I mean, in the Nancy Drew canon, the, like I remember, there was that character, that girl character named George who hated feminine stuff. And like you can't have a series with that character and, ha- and not have a not have a gay or a trans person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked up CW Nancy Drew queer, and a lot of the reviews I found for the show are honestly very harsh. Again, mostly based on that pilot of like, "Ooh, everyone sucks in this show. <laughs> Why is everyone so nasty?" Um, but then, you know, I did some scrolling and there, I, I did find some lesbians. And so I did the lesbian thing where I watch an entire show because I'm, I hear that there are lesbians in it. And it's a good show, actually. It's not like, it's not perfect, uh, by any mm. stretch. And it's certainly a CW show, but well. <laughs> it is good. And it does have lesbians in it. It's not George, though. George is straight. It's best the femme one, who's... Mm-hmm. Who's gay? And I'm spoiling this because I know that this is the only way to get other lesbians to watch it. Um, <laughs> just gonna let you know what happens so you know what to look out for. Uh-huh. Um, so there's Bess, and she's like the femme one. She's basically painted as the rich girl from a big city who's just moved to this small seaside main town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this coastal New England town that's harboring a dark secret, as all small New England coastal towns are wont to do. Yes. Um, Classic CW. <laughs> yeah. Classic CW. Classic just general how small coastal towns in the New England are portrayed, honestly. Like, HBO mm-hmm. also does this. <laughs> it's just kind of a thing. Um, you know, she moves in and she's, like, kind of doing her, you know, ditzy, ditzy rich girl thing. She's working a very service industry entry-level job. That's also the whole point. None of these characters are in high school. They're all basically, like, I think 19 and up. Like, Nancy... This whole show is just, like, again, it just got edgier. So, like, Nancy is basically taking a gap year because she didn't apply to college because right as she was applying to college, her mom got some kind of pancreatic disease and then died, which is unusual for Nancy Drew because typically they're just like, the mom's not here because that would mean that there is a grounding maternal force that can discipline her. And then you can't go off and drive your convertible into dark abandoned buildings with your friends uh, because no responsible human being at the home currently would do that. So we're just going to have a dad who's kind of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's dealing with that and, like, kind of being edgy. And she's like, I don't want to do mysteries anymore. Fuck this. Fuck everything. Fuck Very Batman um, voice, my friend. Yeah. Just doing her edgy little reboot thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, Nancy. Um, no. And then she's working. She ends up working for George, who in this instance is not her best friend, but in fact... A former rival of hers from high school, or not rival, but basically Nancy's friends spread rumors about George, George oh. and her sex life during their junior year. And Nancy didn't contribute to it, but she also didn't do the thing where she stopped it. And so mm-hmm. there's some bad feelings. Yeah. Uh, so that's what George, George is actually like running the restaurant at age like 18 or 19, uh, because like the actual owner of the place. Uh, knows that she basically needs the income to support her single mom and her, like, four siblings, who also all have, like, boy names, which is also mm-hmm. just a... It's very cute. Like, they're all so small and adorable, and I love them. Um, Ted, in particular. 
Uh, and then, you know, we got we got George running that, and George is played by an Asian-American woman. I think uh, the fans, which is like, that that family is Chinese-American? I can't be sure. No, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, they are Chinese. Um, so that's cool, like, person of color. Woo. Uh, Ned Nickerson, who is Nancy's boyfriend uh, from the books, is also there. That's the person she's having sex with in the very mm-hmm. first opening shot we get um, of her, like, in present day. Uh, and he goes by Nick now, which is much better than Ned. Uh, uh, and he's, like, a mechanic, and he's, uh, he's a black guy in this one, which is also, again, like, woo, more people of color in CW shows is good. Um, and he's doing his mechanic thing, kind of, like, just moved in, just started seeing Nancy. And then we got Ace, who, I'm who I'm gonna get to that man because he is my favorite man. Um, I love him so much. He's, like, just, he's a himbo! He's the best kind of himbo. He's, I think, what I would classify as, like, the the kind type himbo, where, like, he is very smart. Um, and, like, my favorite line from him is when he basically busts into the, like, local yacht club looking for someone, and the waiter's like, do you have a reservation? And he looks at the waiter and says, I have many, but I'm looking for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love you, sir. And he has a rival with this, like, librarian uh, at the library because his mom works at the library and he, for some reason, just has this beef with this other person about coding. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good and I love him. Uh, so that's Ned and then we got, you know, Nancy doing her thing. Who am I forgetting? Yeah, and then Bess is just Bess and she's just like, she's not George's cousin, which is what she typically is, uh, but she's like, I guess I am, uh, a niece of the Marvins, and they're one of the rich people in town, and I'm just here doing my summer job thing and not being very good at it. So Nancy and George and Bess and Ace all work for The Claw, which is this restaurant, this seafood restaurant, because um, that's what they have in Maine. And then mm-hmm. Ned works at the garage. Uh, and basically, plot happens, and basically, uh, Bess and Ace need to pretend that their car has broken down for shenanigan reasons, uh, and so they flag down um, basically, in order to stop, uh, this driver, Lizbeth, uh, from reaching a destination at a certain point, and then Lizbeth is like, okay, shit, uh, I can help you fix your car because I'm also a mechanic because I'm a driver and car things are kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then doesn't say much, but does do, like, a cute little interaction with Bess where she's like, okay, so I'm gonna need you to help me fix the engine, so just, like, put your hands here, and then she put, she does the thing where she, like, puts her hands on Bess's hands and, like, guides them. It's very cute. Um, and it's like, yeah, Bess and Lizbeth end up getting together, and it's real fucking cute. Uh, what's also real cute is that Ace, uh, seems to have a thing for Bess in, like, the first few episodes, but once he figures out that, like, she's not interested in him that way, she, like, he, like, totally backs off. Uh, and when he's like, are you gonna go out with that Lizbeth girl? Which, side note, Lizbeth and Bess are both nicknames for the same <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think Bess's name is just Bess, because that's what it is on our passport, but it, I just found it funny. I was like, wait a second. Hold on. Y'all couldn't go any further. You're like, no, this is perfect. Yeah, um, this is as far as we need to go. This is as far as we need to go. It's very good. Um, but he, like, kind of backs off and is like, okay, cool, I will, you know, seed that. Um, and, like, she ends up telling him, basically, like, I don't know if I want to go on this date with this girl because I've never let anyone get close to me like that. I've never had anyone to kind of be an anchor for me like that before. 
He's like, I'll be your anchor, but like your platonic anchor, your platanker. <laughs> and then he keeps up that terminology for the rest of the season, and it's real cute, because then he'll like show up and say something random about Bess, and people will be like, how do you know that? And he's like, we're platankers, we tell each other stuff, we talk, <laughs> we're cool. Um, and it's very sweet. Uh, so yeah, in short, Nancy Drew, CW Reboot. Uh, I watched it all on the CW app, which is free, but has a fuck ton of ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, if you want some himbo lesbian solidarity, it's right there. Ace is a good character, and I love him so much. He is best boy. And also, Ooh. love the gays. Fantastic job. Um, so yeah, that's a good CW show that doesn't do homophobic things to their queer characters. <laughs> it's better than Riverdale, uh, which is a low bar, but... I don't know. These characters have a lot more heart, and they I think there's a lot more in how much they care about each other than mm-hmm. in, like, Riverdale at present. So it's like, I don't know. I have hope for this show. It's one one season in. I think the next one, next season's coming out next month. Uh, so yeah, that was a very long rant about Nancy Drew. I'm sorry. That's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, tangentially related to what we're talking about today. Yeah! Um, speaking of characters that have definitely always been coded as somewhat queer a la George, uh, but, you know, maybe haven't been explicitly stated to be so or shared with the vast media public. Let's talk about some gay history people. I've been talking for a long time. (laughs) You want to start us off, Eli? I'm sorry, I was, um, as you were talking, I was, like, trying to figure out where you were going with that. I was, like, (laughs) I was staring down this path you were walking, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is about (laughs) to happen to me, but, okay. (laughs) I just um, didn't know either. We were just kind of, I just kind of, like, grabbed your hand and, like, tugged you down the hallway, like, fucking, what's, what's, what's behind these doors? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the episode. Chris the episode. The episode. I, you know, I didn't do what I was supposed to do when I was like, you know what I should be doing? I should be pulling shit up. And I didn't do that. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. I can uh, talk a little bit more about Nancy Drew while you do that. Sure. <laughs> cool. Um... Yeah, do you have it, or are you still needing some help? Well, I don't know, where, do we just start in people who we think are yeah. cool? just start talking and see where it takes you. I don't know, um, I guess, it's, this is a weird thing to say that I have personal history with, but I have personal... Yeah, we can, the personal history is that we're both... <laughs> well, the personal history is that, like, yes, I am a queer, but that's not what I'm talking about, actually. I'm talking about the fact that, um, for the past, like, two years, I've been the person who's most directly responsible with, like, research queer history for Alphabet Soup. That is my job every year, and every year I learn a bunch of stuff, and then I immediately forget it. And it's this <laughs> wonderful experience of I get to go back and look at my old stuff and be like, oh, yeah, that. Oh shit! Um, I don't know. It's some, some facts from history. Here's an interesting fact. Um, this is one that I just find very funny. Is that like simultaneously the Roman Empire? Ooh, that that Roman Empire. They really did do an strong empire, start. Huh? Strong start. Strong start. The Roman Empire is both the location of the first recorded same-sex marriage, like. Ever. We, the record, like, it's down on paper, we're like, yeah, the homosexuals got married. Um, occurred under the first Roman emperor. Caesar Augustus was like, I'm the emperor, and those gays can get married, I guess. I don't know if he directly decreed it. Let those bros get (laughs) hitched, yo! Yeah. (laughs) Let the homosexuals wed. Um, I imagine that he said it exactly like that, but in Latin. Mm. I don't speak Latin. 
I don't speak Latin. Fucking Latin. Homosexualis. Hey, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think fuck is actually of Germanic origin, which is definitely yeah. the most incorrect thing about that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just also said homosexual as fuck, which is not at all the same thing as get married. <laughs> Homosexual as fuck, except and if you're an elf. Get Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Simultaneously, like the Roman Empire, you see the first recorded same-sex marriage, and also some of like the most stringent, like no homosexuality laws. Which is like it says a lot Wait about a that specific area of Europe, because like the Romans and the Greeks, the Romans and the Greeks, not the Greece, <laughs> <laughs> the Greece, the Greece. The Greeks couldn't decide if homosexuality was okay or not. They were like, it's okay, but it's not. But it's okay, but it's not. Like, it's, it's you very- You can kiss the homies, but you gotta have socks on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did they have socks? Fuck. No, they had sandals. So they wouldn't have <laughs> They don't have that insulation, Carrie. Oh, no. Oh. All the Romans were gay because they were all kissing the homies. <laughs> socks off kissing the homies. I guess, I guess in Rome it would have been kissing the Romies. That was bad. <laughs> it's 8.30, it's not even that late. Why am I like this? I don't know, why are you like <laughs> this? I yeah. don't know, that's why I'm asking you. Uh, you know, my brain turns off, my brain, I think I stay up later, so my brain normally turns off at 11pm, which is a mm. time when it's it's very productive to have my brain turned off because no one else is around, so I'm just vibing in my own head. All mm. the time. But yeah, that's what that that's where I'll, where I'll start. I remember in WAP when we were talking about very briefly we were talking about like Ro um the Roman Empire and like the Greek city states and there was just a page that was like, Yeah, you know, in Athens they were like gays can be gay, but only if it's an older man and a younger man with much less power, which is weird. It's weird mm -hmm. that that was the one thing that they were like, This is acceptable. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, were... like that was the power structure they were really invested in keeping up, mm -hmm. or something, perhaps. Yeah. Like, keeping really stratified power imbalances in place was kind of their priority. Mm -hmm. Go on. And then, and you know, then there was also, like, Sparta, which was, like, being gay bad, but also f f female equality. Like, the Greek city-states are just, a, like, the moral lines that they drew are wild to like go back and look and be like hmm this is weird this is weird that this is the line in the sand that you were like we can't fucking cross this we can go all the way over there but we can't fucking cross this line um but yeah that's that's where we'll start a uh, greek and roman greek and roman you know their gods were pretty pretty f fuck anything that moves but like man did they have some opinions on homosexuality mm mm you know, I feel like that probably changed from emperor to emperor. I don't know. Yeah. Caesar I think... Augustus was like, hey, these guys can get married. And then the next one was like, fuck no. What? Nah. S speaking of from emperor to emperor, Ooh. um, you know, so here's, here's an actual historical figure. Um, there's speculation mm -hmm. that uh, one of the... Oh god, I think I know what you're talking about. Hold yes, on. so that one of the Roman emperors was... There's speculation that um, they... I, I will use they them pronouns because it's unclear, but that Elagabalus... Elagabalus. Elagabalus. Heliogabalus. Heliogabalus. Um, that, yeah. 
Yeah. Was, you know, perhaps a trans woman, which is, like, kind of cool. Yeah. Seems cool. Um, I know a little bit about that, because I saw... God, I think... I think I listened to that episode of History is Gay, like, a really long time ago, so I think I forgot most of it. I'm so sorry to those hosts of that show, which is wonderful. Uh, but... Yes, I do vaguely remember this. Some very cool parties were thrown under this emperor, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, very good. Um, Yeah, most of my my folks are from a little bit more modern. Um, Yeah, let me actually pull up. I'm just going to cheat off another podcast. I'm just going to go to the History's Gay website, because it's a good website that has notes on it. Uh, And they talk about what they... No, not that one. No, I will also say it. some other facts about um about them. They mm. didn't get a burial. They just the Romans just threw their body into the Tiber River, which like you know, I wouldn't mind being buried that way. Just like yeet, yeet, get out of here, get in the water. Um, and they had at least one male lover. It seems like primarily they somehow had like three women that they were married to but four wives. One of their wives was counted twice. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Divorce and remarriage. Julia Aquila Severa was the second and fourth wife of Roman Emperor Elagabalus. I don't know how that happened but okay. It's kind of like what happened with uh, Grover... Cleveland, right? I don't know. He was like the president like once, and then he was also the president another time. At a yeah. different time. Um, Two presidencies. So yeah, let me, hold on. Let me see if I can find this mix Heliogabalus. Let me see. Heliogabalus' father's name was Sextus? Haha! Sex. Yeah. Sex. Um. We're very mature for our age. We are so mature. It's I'm an adult legally. <laughs> Couldn't be Which me. Is so wild. Okay. No, we we don't. Gimme, gimme. Ha! Found it. Fuck yeah. Dude, 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 dude. No, load the episode. Load the episode notes so I can take from it because I did listen to this episode. I think. Um. Yeah, so basically there's an episode of History's Gay that I saw and was like, because <gasps> I thought, I was like, that, Eli, yeah. Uh, and it's episode 32, and it's Stealing Horses and Hearts, Trans Vagabonds of the Wild West. Um, which is oh my God. trans people, which is kind of, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm going to see, I think I listened to maybe the little bonus episode they did that was um, about some of the people they didn't go to super... A whole bunch of detail. But yeah, a bunch of trans men were cowboys. Um, and yeah, like, it was great. Um, I don't know, I'm just like looking at some of the... Uh... Oh yeah, there's this great headline. Fighter, bootlegger, and quote, bad man, end quote, is Miss Pickerel, for love of whom three women have killed themselves. <laughs> Things were dramatic. Um, deadly love trap of the youth who is a girl. <laughs> Which is, that's hell of a something. Um, oh yeah, and it was just a lot of, like, trans men. People were like, ah, you gotta wear dresses. And they're like, but what if I just keep wearing pants? What if I just keep doing my thing? 
Fuck yeah, you. but what if I didn't do that? I think one of them faked their own death and just moved to a new community to just be like, fuck that. I'm just gonna do my thing away from the rest of you fuckers. I'm just gonna um, not be here anymore, so fuck you. Yeah. yeah. And this headline kind of sucks because it does misgender the person because it's from the 1800s, but uh, trousered, I'm gonna say this, trousered man bites policeman. Just straight up, trans man just bit a cop. <laughs> That's what, she, that's, what you, that's what you gotta do sometimes, you know? That's what you gotta do! That's what you gotta do to get done. So yeah, trans people existed in the Wild West, uh, mm. and that was just me. Uh, I will probably listen to that in more detail uh, right after we record this, but I did think it was important to just bring up that that is the thing that exists uh, and that I care about. Um, because, you know, hell yeah, trans rights. Hell yeah, trans rights. Fuck yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, also, I think there was a course, I was think I was looking at a college course. Uh, I can't remember which college it was, so I'm sorry if I don't remember your name, college. But it was this thing about, like, something-something, studying art, something-something, like, studying Michelangelo. Um, and, like, I can't tell you what specifically clued me into this, but I read it, and I was like, oh, this is definitely about how Michelangelo was into dudes. Um... This is about how gay Michelangelo was, mm -hmm. because he was, because have you looked at how he draws women? That's just dudes with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a man That's with tits, man. That's like, but what do I do with the chest? <laughs> I don't understand this. It scares me. Um, yeah. It was just, it's fun, like, just seeing, like, I don't know, speculating about maybe who was, who's a little bit gay. I mean, Michelangelo was pretty much proven, I think, but... Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's still fun to look at. Um, I don't know. I'm I mean, scrolling. another yes. person who was um, who was kind of confirmed, or at least confirmed as having homosexual leanings, is uh, Leonardo da Vinci, who hey. managed to get arrested for sodomy twice in the same year. I, <laughs> but yeah, no, he and three other young men. I don't know if that was, like, all independently or if they got caught having or being in a poly relationship twice in the same mm -hmm. year. But it's, like, you know, I just find it very interesting that it's, like, yeah, you know, it happened twice and we, we just don't kind of talk about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked a bunch of dudes. Um, yeah, let me see. Also, I mean, I just love... I, I am... A little weirded out by the amount of lesbian period dramas that are just around. <laughs> um, I'm like, how much of this is because you want to show that gay people have always existed? How much of this is just because you don't want to risk using the word lesbian in your film? Mm. It's like they didn't, they didn't even have a term for it, so they couldn't use the term, so they couldn't put a name to the identity, and they had to keep it secret so that they couldn't organize around it, and everyone was just kind of lonely and yearning. Um, mm -hmm. and look how far we've come now. No one does that anymore. No one um, is ever lonely and yearning in the modern yeah. age. And everyone had to be femme because that was how women were. You had to wear the petticoats and the corsets and the whatnot. And, and like, the such and such. And the, su and the what have you and the whatnot. Um, and yes. The look at these straight women having sex in multiple layers of skirts. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's almost always straight actors yeah. <laughs> doing that too. And it was like, Olivia Coleman's great. Not sure why that's... <laughs> there are older lesbians. You can find older... Uh, 
the elder um, lesbians. The elder lesbians. I will say that one of my favorite uh, period dramas uh, is Gentleman Jack. Not least because the theme song bops. Um, it's very good, based on true story of Anne Lister, who was just, like, basically as close to butch as one could get in the 19th century. Like, wore top hat, wore dark clothes, uh, and the reason we know she's a lesbian is because she wrote a bunch about <laughs> having sex with ladies. Uh, in code, uh, in, like, a lot of code, extensively in her journals, but she did, she did like the ladies, and she wrote a lot about it, and she also just broke a lot of gender norms, and it was very fun. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Gentleman Jack's a good series on HBO, um, I can't remember where it's streaming, if it is, but I remember seeing it, and I was like, damn, it's probably on HBO it. Max. Yeah, probably. Um, I can't remember if it's streaming elsewhere, though, because I think Hulu sometimes gets the HBO stuff. Um, though it may depend on what version of Hulu you get. Uh, but yeah, Gentleman Jack, very good show. Um, yeah, I will confess I probably didn't do a whole lot of prep for this episode, because I'm not very smart sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I don't strategize well about the episodes that I'm doing. Um, mm. or that I decide we should do and then promptly forget to do prep for. Um, do, 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 do. let me think. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, as I've mentioned, I mainly got into kind of learning about queer history through the History is Gay podcast, uh, just because the title kind of drew me in. I was like, all right, cool. I know what this is about. I know it's going to go down. Lit. And so that's what I listened to on my morning commute. Uh, or my just general commute to and from school in the morning was just getting a little gay history or queer history in general. Uh, just kind of on my, on my train ride and it was very nice. Um, and so the main thing that I remember just being totally wowed by was, uh, that basically, uh, Magnus Hirschfeld existed. And this is the dude who I would consider marrying if a lot of circumstances were very much different. Mm. Um... But, basically, Magnus Hirschfeld was, and I'm trying to remember all of his identities, because it's a hell of a lot, um, a polyamorous, gay, Jewish, communist, uh, German sexologist in Nazi, not in Nazi Germany, but in Germany, in the Weimar Republic, before the Nazis showed up, in, like, mm -hmm. the 1930s, uh, in Berlin, and he had a sexology institute, uh, that basically did a lot of work into re researching and legitimizing queer identities, especially trans identities. He was the first person to come up with a term for, like, the trans experience, uh, which was transvestite, which is now very outdated. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't use, I, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know not to use that word. Yeah, don't do <laughs> just it. just in case, just in case, don't do it. I know you're like, I've seen Rocky Horror, I'm hip. No, you're not. No. Don't say it. <laughs> Not yeah. an excuse. Also, transvestite d doesn't mean what you think it means anymore. It's like the, the it meaning has changed. It, meaning has very much changed. Don't Google it. <laughs> yeah, just leave or it. Google just leave carefully. it. Just leave it alone. Uh, but that was like the first term that people had for trans identities. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he ended up doing a lot of cool work to that. And he helped, uh, I think, Lily Elb transition. Um, you may know her best as the trans woman who's portrayed by noted not trans woman Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Danish girl. Yeah, in case it wasn't clear, Eddie Redmayne is not a trans woman. Yeah, no, decidedly not. That was not a... <laughs> He's a lot of things, I'm sure. Trans woman is not one of them that we know of. That we know of. Yeah, he is not I mean, an out trans woman. 
He's not an out trans woman. I feel like it... I mean, if not when you're doing a movie about a trans woman, when? Um, so yeah, you know, British twink Eddie Redmayne um, mm-hmm. played her. But yeah, he actually, I think, did a little documentary about her um, as well, or participated in that. Uh, which was super cool. I don't know, Magnus Hirschfeld was just a cool dude. Uh, he ended up giving, like, Berlin police officers a tour of a gay, like, gay club in Berlin, uh, to kind of prove that, like, it was just people talking to each other and not, like, some (laughs) den of sin. Uh, and when the police officers came out at the other end of the tour, they were like, damn, I wish it had been more scandalous, but I guess y'all are chill. (laughs) (laughs) You guys don't appear to be doing much of anything, so... Y'all are just smart people who are talking and, like, having good conversations. Fucking, we can't arrest you for that. Fuck. Um, and yeah, like, the, that kind of time in Germany was actually very good for, uh, queer people and, like, those kind of identities, uh, like, as good as they could have been at the yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, basically, Magnus Hirschfeld, like, his institute also would employ and, like, give room and board to trans women, uh, who wouldn't, like, be able to find work anywhere else or, like, homes anywhere else, basically. So he did a whole lot of stuff for that community in particular. Um, also, because he was gay, uh, did a lot for that community, too. Uh, and, like, would basically tour around giving talks, uh, and there would be, like, the straight crowd that would come for, come in for the initial talk, and he would be like, here's sex, and we're just gonna talk about it in general terms, and then people would leave, and they would be like, now for the gays. Here's yeah. what's up. <laughs> He'd give the secret gay talk afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, his little segue. But he did a lot to normalize queer identities and stuff. Um, unfortunately, you know, it was Germany in the yeah. 30s. So fucking... Fuck the Nazis. Um, mm-hmm. So they showed up, uh, and he managed to, like, escape Germany at the time. He kind of caught wind that shit was maybe going to go south for people who did not fit certain identities. Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck, for, like, 80 different reasons, I gotta leave town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he skipped town uh, before anything could happen to him personally. Uh, but the institute did end, up, did end up getting raised and, like, burned down. And mm-hmm. actually, one of the photos that you see all the time of Nazi book burnings is, in fact, a photo of queer research getting thrown into a fire, which none of the documentaries that feature that image mention for some reason. Um, and yeah, that was the mm-hmm. thing that really kind of, like, made me uh, initially, like, very angry at why we hadn't been taught this in school or just kind of known this in general. Uh, because, like, when the Nazis decide to erase something, the answer to that, or the response to that, should not be, let's keep that erased. Because, friendly heads up, guys, if the Nazis do something, you should generally try to do the opposite. Mm. Don't do what the Nazis did. Like, ever. Um, and so I was just really mad that, like, that crucial part of our history, all of that work that just could have so... Fucking Hirschfeld knew that was like there are like at least thousands of different genders. Like we need to know this, and he was mm-hmm. like, race is also a social construct. In the thirties, he was ahead of his time, and he could have done so much more to like normalize so many concepts that we now like as progressives take for granted. Uh, and instead, like the straights dropped the ball. Uh, cause they do that all the fucking mm-hmm. time with queer history. Uh, they dropped the ball and they decided to just let that stuff stay buried, Mm -hmm. uh, only for queer historians to dig it up and put it on a podcast instead of on a curriculum in school where it belongs. 
Um, so yeah. Ah! Duh. Uh, here's an interesting fact I don't actually know that much about this case but this is a fact that has to do with me that I only learned this year and that I have since gone about trying to tell everyone as much as possible and I think it might have come up on this podcast before but if I've said it before I'll say it again so as I'm sure a lot of you probably know because you the vast majority of our audience I think either lives in the states or has lived in the states at some point Ah, uh, so United States. Mm-hmm. Great, cool. Um, but as I'm sure most of you know, I think both in our national law, but it also in almost every state at some point, there has been an anti-sodomy law on the books. That's mm-hmm. just like a thing that's happened. Yeah. You don't want the gays around, so you make it illegal to have homosexual sex. Um... Well, you really, you make it illegal to have non-penis and vagina sex, but the only people who get persecuted for this are people who are having or gay men who are having anal sex like that is explicitly who the law is getting used against but i think the wording of the law is like any non-vaginal sex is considered because you know the the country that's like hey we fought a revolution to keep the government out of our shit was like you know what Mm -hmm. we should police sex lives yeah yeah (laughs) we should police how people fuck (laughs) yep we should Um, police or well we should police how two consenting adults fuck, which is not ever good. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yes. Yeah. Let people get freaky in peace. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if if it's, what is it, safe, sane, and consensual, that's like the three markers yeah. for like healthy yeah. sex. If it's those three things, the government really shouldn't be saying anything. But anyways, across the states, there are a bunch of anti-sodomy laws on the books. Um, yep. They were slowly getting pulled back over time, but they didn't all get fully removed. Um, for a really long time, and so it was still possible for, as late as, like, the early 2000s, for people to get persecuted, um, for having gay sex. Yeah, that's not something that ended in the 60s, that is something that was, like, happening in the year 2000 and 2001 and 2002, is that you still saw anti-sodomy laws on the books and people getting tried for them. Um, that was almost within our lifetimes. Uh, so- That was within my lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was technically within mine. Um, for exactly three months, because... Okay, so... They got rid of it during Pride Month. What a great allyship <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's either... I believe the decision was handed down in June. The, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yes. in 2003, um... <laughs> I, I will actually look up the name, a uh, case that it ended Solomon. So in uh, there was there was this uh, Lawrence v. Texas. So in two thousand three, there was one of the people who was put on trial for this was a man with the last name Lawrence who was tried by the state of Texas for being a homosexual man essentially, um, and he was like, "That's illegal. You can't you can't do that. That's breaching my constitu- my personal constitutional rights to privacy." Um, and this got all the way up to the Supreme Court. And so this is this is the case that famously made it so that like anti sodomy laws were then considered unconstitutional and gotten rid of, and you could no longer um, persecute people for being homosexual. And it was a very major advancement for uh, gay rights in the United States. The, th- the thing about this is that there are a lot of things about my birth where it's like, hmm. So definitely homosexual from the moment that was was conceived, always going to be a queer person. But this case was argued in front of the Supreme Court on March 26, 2003, and was presumably being argued while I was being born in the state of Texas. <laughs> Holy fucking 
the case that ended like legal um legal homophobia and legal persecution of people for being gay was argued at the time that I was born, which is such a like that has such specific energy and I learned that this year. Because I knew it happened Thanks. in 2003, and I was like, hmm, I wonder how old I was when this case was argued. So I looked it up. I was like, uh, Lawrence zero, Texas. Zero years, zero months, zero minutes, zero <laughs> seconds. Lawrence Texas turns. Wikipedia, and it was like, this was argued on March 26, 2003. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Wait, was it, like, during the actual, like, time of day that you were born, or was it a little... Um, I... I don't know if it was, like, it, so I don't remember, it doesn't have the exact hours. I'm sure I could look up, like, um. What are the hours for the Supreme Court? <laughs> minutes, Lawrence v. Texas. Um. Okay, here's, <laughs> um. Okay, so at 11.09 a.m., it's, it was, they began arguing at 11.09 a.m., Presumably mm -hmm. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I assume that so, this went on for some time because this is yeah. like a 40... This is like a very long thing. Um, yeah, so it's 10.09 yeah, a.m. our time. If So 10.09 a.m. here. I was born at like 12.30. So if this went on for more than like two and a half hours of arguments in front of them like making their case, then yeah, this was happening like while I was being born. <laughs> You're like Jesus for gay sex. <laughs> Eli's a Christ allegory for anti <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 a thing that's true. So good. Also, now I know your birth time, so I can figure out, you know, your natal chart, which is fun. Mm, okay, so, um, the, so the, it, it was argued for 53 minutes, so actually, I think that I, my mother was in labor when this was happening. I was born after the case had ended, but I was born on the same day. You wanted to make sure that it was okay yeah. <laughs> for gay people to have sex in the state of Texas before you arrived. You're like, fuck no. If they're not, uh-uh. Uh-uh. If, uh -uh. if no, no, I'm no, not no, allowed no. to... No, 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 no. Um, oh, God. No. You waited until at, you waited until just the right moment to well, be like, ah. Yeah, I waited until, um, I waited until after they'd done arguing. You know, the Supreme Court takes forever to do anything. So the case, the verdict wasn't handed down until three months later, during Pride Month, on June 26th. Um, but I did have to wait for all of that information we put out in the open. Um, and then eventually the case, like, they dismissed the case, I think, and they were like, this is dumb, don't, like, you, this is just stupid to have these laws still here. Um, but yeah, it was a 6-3 vote, they struck down sodomy laws and invalidated the remaining sodomy laws in 13 other states. So, as late as 2003, 14 states still had sodomy as illegal. Oof. Oof. But yeah. But yeah. Well, so you weren't the Messiah. No. You were like... I don't know, there's another Bible story for this, probably. Yeah, I do feel like we don't need to be making any more jokes relating to religion and me as a person. Just like, that ship has sailed. It's mm. off. It's circling the world right now. We don't need to talk yeah. about it. Circling the world like Noah's Ark. Um, now I'll stop. Okay. <laughs>
don't know, did Noah's Ark go around the world? Was that like a full... How long was that particular? It was 40 days and 40 nights. It was 40 nights. days. Yeah. So, not I think, long. Yeah, long he didn't purpose. really sail anywhere. He just kind of stayed in one place. He's <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to float. Mm-hmm. And, and wait. kind of, just kind of hope. Yep. That a bird shows up. Mm-hmm. Just kind of looking for a bird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Noah's Ark was not... Okay, we shouldn't have go down this, but Noah's Ark was definitely not, a, like, a practical ship. It was just a big old raft, and they were like, fucking put all the animals on there and pray, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And they were like, we're gonna make a fucking freighter, but for... <laughs> but wood. But wood. But, but make it wooden. Um, God, I'm trying to remember the names of the uh, lesbians who fought Nazis in the, U- in the UK. Maybe mm. if I just Google it. Lesbian Nazi fighters. Okay. Will this come up with anything? Mm, no. No. Mm, maybe this one? Ow. Also, no. Damn it. Gish darn. Boop a doop boop boop a doop boop boop. Disney, don't come after me for that. Mm-hmm. I would not appreciate it if you were to come after me for that, for singing, don't. for humming, like, a bar of one of your songs. I don't think they would. They In might. In order to sue someone, there needs to be some kind of risk for you to get money. That's true. Well, we do constantly ask people to sponsor the show. No one's taking us up, though. That's true. Disney. Actually, no, wait. Actually, no, yeah. Disney, don't. don't. Disney, stay stay off my lawn. I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Um. There's Claude Cahoon, which is very fun, but I'm looking Uh for the lesbians! Damn it! Dang. Wait, was... Let me see. What else can I find? Oh, shoot. Was this the lesbian? Hold on. Hold on. I hope everyone at home is enjoying is enjoying enjoying the sounds of us just searching through the internet. Yeah, we're just looking for things. This is not a well prepared episode by any means, but it's okay because it's made with love for you. Yes, this is what the conversations in creative writing sound like when we're all just trying to figure out information, and so it's like quiet for a while, and then someone says something, and everyone's like, "Ah, fuck yeah, dude." Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think a thought. Hold on. Think nope. that thought. <laughs> Couldn't think do it. it. <laughs> Brain said, no, no thank you. But what about no? But what about, mm, nah. Nah. God, Let's if I see. really wanted to, I could talk about how maybe Tolkien was a little bit gay, but... I don't have any concrete proof for that. I just don't think that there's anyone who could earnestly write about someone moving in with their best friend and their wife, uh, because best friend was not able to choose between best friend and wife uh, (laughs) to live with and be totally straight. Um, I think I heard somewhere that, like, Tolkien was maybe bi, but he was like, I like my wife a lot, so unfortunately I cannot go with you, gay person who has expressed interest in me, but hey, if it were an option, I'd totally be into it. Um... 
So yeah, I don't cool. know. Tolkien may have been a dude who loved his wife, but also loved guys. So, you know. Good that's energy. Also deeply Catholic. I still... Just, <laughs> the way elves fuck is a disturbing look into that man's psyche that I'm not sure I can ever get back. Um. Uh, yes. Catholicism. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Catholicism. Just such a dramatic religion. Yeah. All things considered. It's like... There's some pretty, you know, Christianity can steal pretty, stray pretty far into like, ah, um, but no one does it quite like the Catholics, except for maybe the Baptists, who are like, Mm. from my understanding, yeah, just like, the most extreme form of Protestantism that isn't like a a lifestyle in addition to a religion. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, maybe I can do 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 do. Can I do a thing? Do do do. Oh, I can. Yay. Whoa. Maybe this can be a thing. Uh, oh yeah. I think Marilyn Monroe, into girls. Very into girls. Uh, did in Very fact cool. have sex with women. Um. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, she was a quintessential sex symbol. Uh. Yeah, she claimed, I believe it was, she had sex with Marlena Dietrich, and the source for this, by the way, is a conversation that was recorded between Marilyn and her psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So, like, pretty fucking solid primary source. Um, and she said, I think it was, again, I'm just gonna say this and hope that it's true, uh, one of her partners was Marlena Dietrich, who, quote, had a giant, gigantic orgasm and shrieked like a maniac while they were <laughs> having sex with each other. Um but then turned spiteful when she turned them down after being asked for another round. Uh, so basically, Marilyn Monroe fucked uh, real good, and then was like, nah, not again. And then the other person was like, ugh! <laughs> um, which is very funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. Um, and then there was Catherine Hepburn. A 25-year relationship with uh, opposite-sex co-star was more about friendship than romance or sex sex, and their public relationship was likely a publicity stunt by studios, as both of them were gay. Um, was allegedly set up by known Hollywood pimp Scotty Bowers with 150 sexual partners of the same gender. Um, which is a lot. Like, good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's great. I don't know. People have been gay for so long. I'm very tired as well. <laughs> so, sorry for maybe not the most organized episode, but we're just kind yes. of, we're kind of freeballing here. We're winging it. Yeah. It, uh. It's a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a time to be alive right now, in this moment. Um. Mm-hmm. What is that? From Mission Impossible? No, it no the no, that's do do no. What is the mission? Do, that's do, not. Do, I'm do, not. Do, I wasn't do, singing do, do, the Mission wait, Impossible. No. Pink Panther? No. No, that's do 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 do. What is da 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 da? I think that's just a famous musical sting that's just everywhere. Maybe. Hmm. See, now I really want to, now I really want to, like, figure that out. Shit. 
but yeah, uh, I don't know, uh, just more from this, again, this notes from, I think, episode five of History is Gay. Uh, Scotty Bowers was a dude who basically set up a bunch of beard marriages for Hollywood stars in, like, 40s and 50s, uh, because, you know, that's what studios needed people to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, um... Scotty Bowers was a Hollywood pimp of the queer silver, silver screen actors of the 1940s and beyond. He was also associated with Alfred Kinsey in his famous study of human sexuality in the 50s by providing many of the interview subjects. Um, as a former Marine, Bowers kept quiet for many years about these stories, as he did not want to adversely affect the lives of any of the actors who were still around. Mm -hmm. uh, many of the stories were actively hushed up using fixers paid by studios at the time, and several of the actors were in lavender marriages, marriages arranged by the studio, frequently with another queer actor. God, imagine me, but, like, married to a gay dude just <laughs> Yikes! Oh, yikes, yeah. I mean, I'm you like, know... that's a great roommate situation. Thanks for, like, splitting the rent. Cool. <laughs> I mean, that's how it went sometimes. I'm Yeah, I mean, like, another thing that's, like, a historical thing that was just true is, like, you know, the American military had that whole don't ask, don't tell policy for, like, a mm. fucking long time. I don't, I think that ended in, like, the 2010s, maybe? Yeah, um, ish. Yeah. If you don't know what don't ask, don't tell is, like, the reason why he probably, I don't remember if it was around then, but, like, there was definitely a culture within the, like, within the U.S. military of, like, it's okay, like, it's, like, you can be gay, that's fine. But just, like, don't tell, anyone, don't tell anyone, and none of your superiors can ask you about it, and so, like, you gotta be covertly homosexual. Um, and that was just, like, a thing that was true in the military for a really long time, and it was called the don't ask, don't tell policy, which essentially meant, like, nobody talks about it, and therefore it's not a problem. Cool? Cool. Oh yeah, I remember, we were actually, I say we were researching, I was googling things and fucking around while you were actually doing work, but for Alphabet Soup, which is our school's, like, uh, basically a little event planned for, like, queer history and stuff in mm -hmm. the queer community, um, I looked up some stuff and I felt very vindicated because lesbian vampires is in fact a trope in media! Yes. <laughs> so I am not fucking stretching things when I'm like, all female vampires are lesbians. It's been that way for a while, because turns out having a monster whose main thing is seducing people means that, you know, ah, seduction to the dark side of being gay is, like, kind of a theme uh, mm -hmm. for female vampires, because, oh no, they're being sexy, but they're being sexy towards other women and not towards men? What the hell? Something must be wrong. Uh, and it's like, nothing's mm. wrong, Claude. You're just not that interesting. Um... <laughs> So sorry to break it to you. Um, not every woman wants to have sex with you. Not everyone wants to have sex with you. Not all women want to have sex with you. In fact, not all women want to have sex with men. Because uh, men love you to pieces. You're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. Not my scene. Don't really get... Also, just as a note, all of the people I know who are attracted to men seem to never, like, none of them seem okay with the fact that they're attracted <laughs> to men. And I just want to point that out. <laughs> like, none of y'all seem okay, and I'm a little bit worried. Well, you know, I'm not attracted to anyone, so I can't speak on that subject. <laughs> Fair enough, but it's like, people who are into dudes just do not seem like they are having a fun time with that. Um, I remember, like, right after I first came out, there were a bunch of people who were like, a lot of our, uh, 
interested in dudes' female friends. Mm-hmm. Um, or female friends who are interested in dudes, if I wanted to say that, like, <laughs> a functioning brain. <laughs> With a good sense of a what A linear sentence. Is. Yeah, there we go. Um... A lot of them were just, like, completely striking out with dudes, or, like, just listening to them talk about boy troubles was just so confounding to me. Because I think Mm -hmm. one of the problems that seriously came up was, like, oh, but he's too tall. Or, like, no, it was, oh, he's too short. And I was like, how the fuck is this a problem (laughs) that you're talking about? (laughs) Motherfucker can look up! (laughs) He's got a neck! (laughs) He can use it! (laughs) What the shit? (laughs) Like... What is it? With, is that like an actual thing? Are people actually concerned about their partner's heights? I don't know. I've been taller than everyone I was in a long-term relationship with. <laughs> so, it's what never been a problem for me. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just like, I can't fucking imagine like looking at someone being like, ugh. Five foot one? Fucking, gr- like, what? I mean, to be fair, being shorter than me is really tough. Yeah. I'm, it, true. Well, technically, we're, like, the same height. Yeah, I say as someone who is your height, being shorter than us, you don't get much shorter without it being, like, you know, a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, but, hold on. But then if, like, the person's shorter, then it's like, that's fine. And to try, it's also fine. Because guess what? Both of you have fucking necks! One of you can look up at the other one. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's what they're for. Next are are the part of the spine that's for looking up at pretty people. Jesus. Or looking down at pretty people. Or looking down at pretty people. It's either way. It's a hinge. You can do that. I don't don't know. I don't know what to tell you, my friend. Um, You know? Yeah, no. It was just, it was very funny just listening to this and being like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry for all of you that you like this species of person that is just not good. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I can't think of a single time someone's been like, I enjoyed a date I went on with a boy. And I'm like, I'm a little worried. Mm. I'm a little bit worried. I will say, you know, here's some Eli Deplore. I had my Ooh. first ever kiss, not with a cis guy, but with a trans guy. And I liked him very much, is what I will say. So, like, there is some hope out there, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, maybe just not with sisters. (laughs) I think they need to get their shit together. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, uh... (laughs) Um, yeah, like, trans guys, I can't speak to. I can just say that, like, who... (laughs) Sis guys, I don't know what the fuck's up, but y'all need to fix something. I don't know. Um, as someone who lives with a cis boy, yeesh. Um, <laughs> I feel like you you might be looking at a kind of skewed opinion. I am looking at it kind of skewed because he's my brother, but also the general hygiene habits are just yeesh. That's um, true. You don't want that, trust me. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I'm like, oh no, this is the state of your bathroom that you think is acceptable. Disgusting. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> Not a fan of this situation. Disgusting. It's gross. And then I mentioned it in, like, a Teams chat uh, with a couple other fellas, because I was like, I mentioned this, and I was like, well, sorry to the dudes in this class, because I know that y'all are fine. I think my friends have just kind of struck out. And then both of their responses were like, nah, dudes are awful. And I was like, what? <laughs> Come on, guys. Have a little self-confidence. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking not even... Yeah, I, I don't even know, like... 
could have fucking had a defense for yourself, actually, of like, yeah, I hold myself to a higher standard of behavior. Like, I care about treating my part. Nope, just straight up. Yeah, we do suck. Um, what? <laughs> Boys! <laughs> what the hell? Um, this has yeah, rapidly but- devolved into a call to action for the male. <laughs> yeah, cishet dudes, what the fuck are you up to? Um, I don't know. I'll close this out by saying that, uh, I don't know. It's very funny to be a lesbian and have men not mean a whole heck of a bunch to me, Mm -hmm. uh, just in general, because people are like, ooh. Most recently, in the same class that I just mentioned, people are like, ooh, Jamie from Outlander. And I was like, the only thing I know about Outlander is, like, time travel and also sexy Scottish man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that's what I've got from my mom's brief synopses of the the show while she Mm -hmm. watched it. Um... And then they sent a picture of said sexy sexy Scottish man, which is a hell of a tongue twister, mm-hmm. uh, in the chat. And his name's Jamie. And I looked at him and I was like, this is... That's him? Really? Fascinating. Um, that that's what this man is that everyone's been salivating over. And they're like, but you gotta listen to his voice, Caroline. You gotta listen to the accent. And I was like, Fucking, I've heard James McAvoy before. I can extrapolate that the Scottish accent sounds good. I'm not going to dispute that. Also doesn't do a hell of a lot for me as someone who's into women to listen to a dude's voice. I'm not sure how to explain this. Yeah. Beyond. Like, if so, if a dude's really attractive, then I'll be like, yeah, I can acknowledge that. I'm yeah, not fucking... Yeah, objectively, I get it. Yeah, objectively, I get it. Aragorn, totally understand. Legolas, yeah, fine. <laughs> there are also other non-Lord of the Rings characters I can think of. They're just not popping in my head at the moment. But the, the, I think it says a lot about you, one, <laughs> the, the two hot men that you it's thought because... of were Aragorn and Legolas, and then that my reaction was go- putting my head back and going, ah. Uh. <laughs> was it also at Aragorn or just at Legolas? It was bo- I mean, like, as I've said, much like you, Aragorn, I get it. Not personally for me, but I get it. I can understand it. And then there's Legolas, and, like, <laughs> I've exposed myself to hell and back on that subject, but, you yeah. know. I will um, say, my opinions have not changed in the interim of... God, 16 six episodes? Months. Six months. Yeah. Jesus. My opinions have not changed. <laughs> Good to know. Good to ch- check in with your friends on whether or not... <laughs> Their fictional credits have changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is less... I don't know, this is just kind of turned into an episode where we just talk about fun shit that we like. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, no, it's just... And then there was that whole thing where um, one of my friends was like, ah, you must look at this boy actor. Again, right after I'd come out as a lesbian uh-huh. as a person who likes girls. I remember and this. And not dudes. It's like, look at this funny... I don't even remember. Is Jordan Fisher, I think? Yeah, it was it, the guy who's like... Was he was in one of the too. Hamiltons at some point. Yeah, John Ambrose from mm-hmm. To All the Boys 2. Um, and just kept being like, but he's attractive, right? And I was like, I get... I don't... <laughs> sure. I'm really... I am not in a space with my sexuality where I feel like I can be like, yeah, that dude's super cute. Because I kind of just got through the whole, like, I don't need to think that anymore. <laughs> so I would like to embrace the part of myself where I'm not putting pressure on myself to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this friend was like, ah, but you need to look at him, he's cute. And I was like, mm, he has a torso and a face, that's for sure. Um, yeah, real, real, real torso face 
situation going on. And yep. a neck. What a what a catch. What a guy. <laughs> he can look up or down at pretty people, as the case may be. <laughs> Ain't that fun. He has a pivot um, at the top of his spine. Yeah, he has a little hinge. Very fun. He can nod and shake his head and do it, do everything. What what a dude. Um, but it was just man. like, it was just a little amazing to just be like, no, why do you, why are you trying to get me to t- say that this dude is cute? <laughs> I am such the wrong audience. Um, and now I believe that same person, uh, also identifies as a lesbian, so that's <laughs> oh, how the turntables. My, how the turns table. Um, yeah. yeah. Compat gets all of us. It's <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <sighs> yeah, no. I don't... I'm sure that I have some, some fucking something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking say something funny. Something to say. Uh, I don't know. Kind of in, like, the same of, you know, I don't... The, the people and the not understanding the, the things. Sometimes I forget, just like, hmm, you know, people experience gender as, like, a thing that's, like, you know, a thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it's very funny to me because sometimes, I don't know, I'll just listen to people talk as, like, a collective about the experience of femininity and I'll be like, oh, right, that, yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, yeah, like, I told this story, but, like, you know, I forgot one time that, like, other people don't experience dysphoria. I was like, yeah, you know, that that thing about having a gender, and then I was like, wait. (laughs) Wait, no. Doesn't come with every gender, <laughs> but it's very like funny. a happy meal toy. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's very funny because it's like, oh yeah, gender is a thing, and not that gender isn't a thing for me, but it is like a thing where it's like, hmm, I just forget about it sometimes, and then it like I'll be reminded, I'll be like, huh, yeah, right. Good thing I'm not part of. <laughs> I got off the train. I've left the station. I'm wandering through the w- wilderness by myself, and it's cool. Yeah, just hitchhiking with a little hobo, hobo, uh, mm-hmm. knapsack. Uh, yeah, no, gender dysphoria is not, in fact, like a McDonald's Happy Meal toy. They do not give you one with every gender. <laughs> I got my own shit to worry about, but... Yeah. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't... It's just a thing. I'm like, yeah, this is a situation that I don't feel any pressing need to change, per se. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I don't know. Um, it's kind of like my feelings about school uniforms. I'm just like, well, might as well have something to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well be this. (laughs) This looks fine. I feel fine in it. No problem. Very cool. Absolutely wild. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck fucking wild. Um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's fun when you're, like, able to lean into your identity enough to maybe, like be a little bit subsumed by it because I think we spend so long like trying to mm-hmm. fight against that and be normal and mm-hmm. so it's nice to just be like yeah I'm gay dudes <laughs> do not need um I should clarify that I do disagree with misandry and like this thing we've got going of constantly putting down men because I think that men should be allowed to be confident in themselves and like not feel constantly denigrated but also masculinity needs to be fixed we yes. do need to fix that I don't have a commentary on how to do that, but we do need to solve something. Yeah, real soon. I, th- I think that, like you know, the the statements, um, 
men deserve to feel good about themselves and toxic masculinity deserves to die are two things that can exist yeah. simultaneously next to each other. Sure. Like, that's not, ne- they're not necessarily, yeah. one does not mean the other. Or, yeah. not, like, male self-confidence and toxic masculinity are not mutually interchangeable. One of those is healthy and good and one of those is something that should be taken yeah. into a back alleyway and shot. Um... Speaking of things like that, so I was talking to my brother about Catcher in the Rye. Um, (laughs) Okay. I fucking hate that book. But I was talking about it because he hasn't read that book uh, Mm -hmm. for English. Is he going to have to read that book for English? I don't think so. But also my brother's just not a person who apparently reads the books for English. (laughs) He's still, I think, doing the thing where he doesn't actually read most of what is assigned for his Hamlet assignments and instead (laughs) just goes off the plot of The Lion King and thus far gets A's for it. Um, well, I but, feel like the ending's gonna not go well for him, but continue. Yeah, anyway. I mean, he's reading some of it. He's just not reading most of it. I don't know how he's, like, fitting the singing warthog and meerkat in there, but by God, he's trying. Um, and I was talking about Catcher in the Rye and basically giving a brief synopsis of just, like, why I fucking hate that book. Mm-hmm. Which is just, like, uh, every single, like... Basically, in our English class, we had a couple readings assigned, not just Catcher in the Rye, but also A&P by John Updike, which is... Ooh. I mean, I was I saw the name Updike, and as a lesbian, I got excited, and then it was like, hey, being weird about being attracted to girls, and I was like, fuck this, entirely. <laughs> I was like, never mind. Never mind. He, the guy with the cool name does not have cool stories. Never fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know... Both Catcher and A&B are about, like, adolescent teenage boys ogling girls and being frustrated about it and then doing not great well-thought-out things. things as a result um, and just kind of not respecting, just basically eye-fucking young girls just trying to mind their own business and go mm-hmm. about their lives. Um, and I, mean, I don't appreciate really that. pissed off yeah. when the girl's like, hey, this is weird. Stop. Mm-hmm. Or when it's like, hey, this is weird stuff. Or when someone's like, hey, this is a family store. Please don't wear bikinis in here. Just come back with a shirt next time. You can take your stuff and go. But we do have a dress code. And he's like, I'm going to quit my job and ruin my prospects yep. to white knight for these girls. As as I said, I think I was texting Care and I put the quote in. So this story is just, man is horny to the point of unemployment. Which sounds like an Onion article title. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happens in A&P, and she, like, we were talking about it, and our English teacher was like, oh, you think this isn't, and we were just basically having problems with the language with which the girls were being described, Uh, and our English teacher was basically like, oh, you don't think that this isn't how, like, boys are talking about girls or whatever, and I was like, that's insulting to teenage boys in this day and age, I feel like, Mm -hmm. like, assuming that they're incapable of controlling themselves, or, like, incapable of looking at, uh, like, a girl mm-hmm. with any kind of empathy or humanity, or just not straight up objectifying them and sexualizing them. I think it's like a disservice to dudes. Yeah, it's also not, like there's a difference yeah. between the like subconscious thoughts that I think are just like, yeah, sure, people look at people and make split second judgments because that's like what we are trained as human beings to do. But yeah. there's a difference between like subconsciously just thinking something and then consciously just being like aggressively horny and like, weirdly overbearing and way too judgmental of people. And, like, yeah. one of those is understandable because it's like, yeah, we as human beings do that. That's what we're going to do. And one of those is, like, fucking weird, dude. Like, kind of weird champ. Not gonna lie. Please get this out of my sight. 
Yeah, it's like, there's a difference between, I was like, I don't, it was just, I don't like this language being used, I don't like any of this, uh, and I understand, like, blah, 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 of its time, blah, 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 but it was like, oh, you know, this is how boys are, you know, talking in the locker room about you girls, and I was like, please don't fucking reinforce this. Yeah. Please don't, don't, don't normalize, normalize that it. shit. Don't do that. Don't reinforce that. Uh, and I was talking to my brother about this, and also just more about Holden and his shit, because holy shit, Holden does it even more, and it's for an entire fucking book, and you can't get mm-hmm. rid of it, and it just makes, it just, oh, makes me upset. Um, and my brother was also like, yeah, hold up, that's real mean to boys. Don't do that. Don't assume that. Um, because he's like, it's a disc- it's a discredit to boys and men when we, like, just go into things assuming that, like, they can't control the- their emotions when they see a female figure, um, mm-hmm. and just go buck wild. Uh, because, like, during that whole A&P discussion, I just wanted to, like, turn my mic on and just announce the class, like, okay, hey, Miss, insert teacher name, um, as a teen lesbian, mm-hmm. fully capable of being into girls without being weird about it, yeah. um, can see a pretty girl and not do that, so this is not, like, an inevitable biological thing, this is just thoroughly socialized and we need to talk about that if we're gonna talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um... And, yeah, like, it's a discredit to teen boys to act like toxic masculinity is, like, some inevitable choice. It's like, ah, we can't help it, that that's how they're gonna act around girls. Like, Mm -hmm. even if someone needed to have a tough conversation with Holden Caulfield, by God, that's giving him more credit than just assuming that he's gonna be a massive horned dog forever, and Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to stop it or fix it. Um, And that's just how teenage boys are made. Cause it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, like, to get a little back to the subject of the episode, there's also the fact that, like, you know, Catching the Rye really loves to bring up the F-slur, and, like, mm. it shows up at the beginning, and I was like, okay, cool. Page three. Great, mm-hmm. great, yeah, lovely, lovely starting there. And it comes up, like, again, way later, and it comes up far enough later that I had, like, moved emotionally past it showing up the first time, and then it was there again, and I was like, well, fuck me, I guess, like. Yeah. It was just, you know, casually homophobic in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also some There was also weird... some more, more homophobic <laughs> stuff that happened, and I was like, god damn it. Because it, it's always, it. like, as soon as Mr. Antolini showed up, I think, like, and I don't know if it's just because I'm more conscious of it, because, like, I'm a queer person, I read a lot of queer narratives, but as soon as he showed up, I was like, okay, so this is a gay man who's gonna do something creepy. Like, before anything happened, I was like, yeah... Yeah, mm. this is what's going to happen because it was written in the 40s and that's, like, what you did when you had it. You didn't introduce a gay character to make them fucking relatable. If you were a straight man in the 40s, you introduced a gay character to make them creepy and weird. <sighs> yeah. I think I knew about it just because, like, I'd watched the John Green video and was like, ah, Holden mentioned something from a trusted authority figure. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's not fun. Um, yeah, fucking, I don't know. This is going more into, like, our the focus of our club, which is queer media. <laughs> um, and less queer history. But yeah, no, like, the Hays Codes really said, like, mm, gay people can exist, but only if they are punished for it at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta, gotta make sure that it is a tragic, sad, yep. or just evil thing 
they'd get they get punished for. Mm-hmm. And then Supernatural really fucking just exemplified yep. that and being like, this man's gonna confess his gay love for someone. And they get sent to Super Mega Turbo Hell, <laughs> which is approved by multiple people. And no one looked at that and thought, hey, maybe we're making some really bad, bad, bad illusions in this show about demons and death. Yeah, it's... Jesus. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, we talked about this, but that happened in the middle of election week, so it was already kind of, like, a shitty week for everyone, and then that happened, and it was like, And then there was also the, the, the rumors that Putin was fucking resigning going on at the same time, so I learned about all of that from fucking Tumblr posts that I saw on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> Which was n- not a fun way to get any kind of world news. Putin's not resigning as, as of recording, but it was just a wild thing to figure out. Um, yeah, no... CW had come really far in a lot of ways with, like, queer representation. Like, they do, overall, much better than, like, I think any other network with doing, you know, relatively diverse casts and diverse shows. And there's still a fuck ton of work to be done. But, like, at least they're trying. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, no. Like, it's 2020. We do not need any more barrier gays. I would prefer it if all the gays stayed alive (laughs) for the duration. I would prefer if the gays had plot armor, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We need to move away from homophobia and start moving towards heterophobia, is I think the pendulum <laughs> that society needs to swing on. Uh, and then, of course, there's also the fact that, like, Supernatural is one of the most famously, like, queer baity shows of yeah. all time. Like, it was already bad, and then that happened, and everyone was like, you couldn't, you couldn't have just, like, you couldn't have had, like, a soft defeat. You really had to, like, fucking choke slam the queer community, just like, fuck you. <laughs> it was like, Jesus Christ, dude. So, yeah. Yeah, no. I think the only queer representation I fully remember from that show was, like, uh, I don't know. I think I watched the first few episodes of it, never really got into it. But the thing I do remember was that I think Felicia Day played a lesbian LARPer. uh, And the reason that she basically was revealed to be a lesbian was because Dean tried to hit on her. And she was like, I'm not into dudes. (laughs) I'm very much not here at this medieval Ren fair to date guys. I am here... For the tavern wenches as well, good sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, all the queer, queer rep I remember from that show, basically. Um, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. And I feel like it's also very funny, because, like, you know, Good Omens proves that you can have a story with angels and demons and queer love, and it can go well. So, like, it's not yeah. that Supernatural had nothing to draw from. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I also want to put out, like, I've watched maybe uh, two seasons of the show, and then I kind of lost interest, Um, which is, you know, what happens when you consume a lot of media very quickly. Um, But I consumed it before Destiel started. Like, I got the first two seasons, and that's before Castiel shows up at any point. Um, But yeah, Mm. it's it's fun. It's real fun. (sighs) Yeah. No, it's just, it's sad to see that, like, okay, so this trope that started because of, like, outwardly homophobic legislation is now just, like, imprinted itself into media in a bunch of different forms in really insidious ways. And it's like, hey guys, guess what? There's not a haze code anymore. You no longer need to punish your queer characters by killing them at the end. Um, still looking at you, Klexa. Jesus Christ. I was, I didn't even watch the 100, but what the fuck? Um, but yeah. Uh, so again, I'll just shout out Winona Earp, where the lesbians don't die and are in fact still very much alive, and there's kind of minimal Ooh. drama, which is good. It's a sci-fi show, not a CW show, so that may have something to do with it. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, none of the queer couples on that show are really going through a whole bunch, um, besides what drama is necessary baseline for that kind of show to move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're looking for a supernatural show that's, like, funny and smart and ha and likes its queer characters and gives them a little bit of plot armor, that's that. Winona Earp. Go check it out. It's good. It got cowboys and demons. It fun. Woo. Yeah. I guess for me, I'll say one little quick antidote. Um... I learned recently that uh, Miss Swinnick got learned the spelling of sci-fi from um, the network and not the actual spelling of the genre. Whoops! Because it was on the um, she, she, I was looking at the little yeah. form and it was spelled sci-fi S Y F Y, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Uh, and I just I got a little bit of amusement from that. I thought it was very sweet, but it mm -hmm. like it was just like a small thing, and I was like, mm, that has brought some joy to my week. Is the fact that it was spelled this way? Yeah. I'm actually in that class, so it's a fun time. We read Kindred and then freaked out about it. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Octavia Butler's got some good shit. Um, yes. You know. <laughs> we freaked <laughs> out about the ending to Kindred is all I'm going to say. It's just fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a hell of an ending. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like... Probably next time we do an episode like this, we're gonna do research. I can't promise that, but, like, we probably... Let's not put put words out into the world that we can't follow through on, but, you know. Ideally. In an ideal world. I don't know. We have shit to do. We're seniors. Yeah. It's not like we laze around all the time. The reason that stuff doesn't get done is because other things are getting done that are slightly more pressing. Perhaps. Yeah. And to clarify, sometimes those other things are sleep and rest because we also need to do those things. Yes, those are very pressing things that should be taken care of. Um, yeah. I have noticed that there is just a point uh, in time for me where I'm like, hmm, I'm kind of out of things to do, and if I try to do another thing, my brain's gonna freak out, and... Did we do uh, a brain question absorb... this week? Uh, did we do a brain... Fuck! <laughs> Continue. Sorry, I just got on the document to check something and then I was like, wait. No, I'm gonna lie down on the floor for a minute and have a crisis. You go on. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, I mean, why don't we end on the Vernon question? <laughs> the Vernon question is here. If you were it's wondering the whole episode, like, hey, hey nerds, where's the Vernon question? It's here. Here it is. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> This is why we need sleep and, like, time to eat. Um, I was shoveling my dinner into my mouth five minutes before we started recording because I had ordered dinner really late today. Oh, my God. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Anyway, it's my turn to ask the Brendan question. Uh -huh. Fuck, if you were... I remember what it is because we planned it. Oh, we had that one thing planned and then we fucking forgot. I'm so mad. If you were a color on the invisible light spectrum, which one would you be and why? Before now, bye. Um, I feel like I would probably be uh either okay. So these have a very specific thing. I would probably be either like uh black or a Halloween orange, which is a very specific kind of orange. It's like oh, mm -hmm. this is the fucking Halloweeniest orange that ever orange. Um. <laughs> Because today we were doing the senior board in creative writing and the two little colors on my little section are black and Halloween orange. And I felt very Aww. like, oh, God. this was the most like, this is the, this was the most like, oh, fuck, I'm a senior day I've had in a while. Um, mm -hmm. 
So that was fun. But yeah, so little, either black or Halloween orange. I'm feeling kind of spooky and very, very much like a senior. Uh, Care, who I just briefly saw your hand. What color would you be? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the floor still for those of you listening at home. Um, fucking... Fuck the visible light spectrum, I'm going ultraviolet. I'm fucking dissolving into nothing. I am beyond sight. Unseeable. My brain has melted. Holy <laughs> shit. I had a burnout episode this past weekend, and I was like, fuck, I'm gonna take care of myself and get shit done this week. And I have gotten shit done this week, but not the shit I need to get done, apparently. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go invisible for a second. <laughs> That's what you gotta do sometimes. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I'm beyond all human comprehension at this moment, including my own. Uh, for you listening at home, I'm very sorry for all this pounding that you keep hearing. Whenever I start laughing, I also start, like, hitting things or pounding my leg. And so if you're just hearing thumps, that's me. That's me laughing. <laughs> yeah, apologies for any thumps you hear on my end, because that's just me uh, toppling over onto the floor and then accidentally kicking the tiny little box that I have my... Uh, Phone on, which is doing the recording for this. <sighs> fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gonna pull up this. Uh huh. I yeah. think we're at the end. We need we this have to be the end. I don't think we. I don't know if we learned anything this week, except we still don't know how to do this podcast um, <laughs> properly. But you know, it's fun. It's fun. It's we fun hope you guys have fun, fun listening to us as much fun as we have making this. Thanks to Saw Square Noise on the Free Music Archive Ooh. for the use of their song Tell Defense Sending for our intro and outro. Fucking so sorry you had to be associated with this hot fucking mess of an episode. Uh, potential sponsors. <laughs> Not Disney, I guess. Uh, Blue Apron, HelloFresh, Casper Mattresses, Brooklyn, uh, Bowling Branch. D&D Dice is a good website that I like mm-hmm. to use. D&D um, Beyond? D&D you Beyond? Sponsor Critical Role? You could come sponsor <laughs> Please come sponsor us. Um, fucking uh, Squarespace, maybe? Shit, we need a website. Um, Lootbox? Loot Crate? Not Lootbox. Lootbox is a video game thing. Loot Crate! <laughs> loot Crate! Loot Crate. Um, I don't know. My voice is cracking too much. My brain is cracking too much to do. Think of anything honey. else. So, yeah. Honey. The, yeah. the money getting website. Yes. Or, like, um, the honey industry, if you're interested in... <laughs> Honey Industry, uh, Honey from the Incredibles, just the character from that. If you want mm-hmm. to give us money, that would be fun. And if you want to give us money, the way to do that is to contact us through our email, which is heynerdpodcast at gmail.com. It's the name of the show and then what the show is. And then it's Gmail. Mm-hmm. So easy. Uh, listeners, yep. tell your friends about us, your pride flags about us, your Supreme Court cases uh, on anti-sodomy about us. <laughs> Your Roman emperors, um, who may have your been Roman trans- empresses. Your trans cowboys, your trans uh-huh. cowpokes in general, uh, because cowpokes is a gender neutral term for cowboy. Um, your, uh, period drama lesbians. Uh-huh. Your cats, your alive queer characters on your CW shows. Uh, you can email us fun stuff at heynerdpodcast at gmail.com. It's the same Ooh. email I just mentioned. Uh, because we use that for business and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like, two real wild children. 
Yep. Um, but you can also, if you want, if you're like, fucking emails, those are basically letters. Why do I want to write a letter to someone? That's so old-fashioned. Well, snail mail is great, and so is email. But if you're really against it, that's okay, because we have basically the tiny little notes you can pass in class of the internet. It's Twitter, and we got a Twitter, and it's also Hey Nerd Podcast. Uh, again, it's just the name of the show and then what the show is. Uh, and you can check back next next Wednesday. Yes. Um, Double next Assuming Wednesday. that Audacity doesn't fuck Eli over again. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever you got this episode of this podcast probably is your best bet, because that seems yeah. to be working for you. Um, for our next episode, which is Eli's turn to hint for that. Dang. Um, our next episode. I do know what it's about. Uh, d- that's not a lie. I actually do. But, like, you know, um... We're going to be delving into a very specific form of modern, the modern iteration of the entertainment industry. What the Parentheses, f- all caps, it? gone wrong, gone second. <laughs> yeah, not clickbait. Um, so if you want to know what that means, or if you got the joke and you're like, ha, hell yeah, uh, check back in Double Next Wednesday for that time. Fun yes, good yes time. Mm-hmm. Now let's try to close out and pray to God we haven't forgotten any other important. We also didn't do a graceless. It's fine. <laughs> and too late now for that, for sure. Let's just try to get this over with and then we can go to sleep, maybe. Alright, three, two, two one. one. Bye, Bye nerd. Nerd. All right. <laughs>